0: Hey everyone, Spencer Tordoff here, the uh, producer of the Silicon Sasquatch podcast, and we're trying something new. See, as much as I enjoy uh, the roundtable format of podcast with several panelists and maybe a couple topics, the ultimate fact is, I'm also sick of them. There's hundreds of these podcasts, maybe even thousands, maybe more than that, and they're everywhere. Anybody with a set of microphones can put together one of these things, and while they may have insightful discussions or interesting topics to talk about, they're just at saturation. Who has the time to listen to a full hour of a round table discussion? At the same time, I've been thinking of games as art. Because for me, and I'm sure for a lot of you, the debate's already over. We know games are art. There's no question there. We're not still trying to figure it out, because we know that games have a big impact on our lives. They catalyze things, they change things, they they make us think about things in a different way. But that doesn't really get talked about. The gaming media, for the most part, just talks about the games themselves, maybe some cosplay or what have you. And admittedly, I've been listening to a lot of uh, programs like this American Life and Radio Lab and The Moth. And so I thought, why not do that here? Why not talk about how games have changed people's lives, have impacted them in some way? Why not stop talking about the games and talk about their significance? Talk about people's stories that resulted from them. I decided to try and put together such a story a personal one, and we're trying to track down more uh, more things in that vein. People's stories about how games caused something to happen in their lives or helped them get through hard times, and we're going to try and make it a regular show. So, welcome to Memory Card. It's our new little experiment, and we hope you like it. Only one uh, story today. It's from me. And it's about something I've talked maybe way too much about in, really, my life, but I decided to give it a bit of an examination. With that, I give you Land Parties. It's 2am on a Saturday morning, and I'm sitting on a loading dock in the cool dark. Amid the squat industrial structures and silent rail yard nearby, the skyline of Seattle rises from a tangle of telephone poles to the north. I take a long pull from a can of energy drink, one of the ones with extreme branding and a flavor like transmission fluid. Though I'm not usually a fan of the bile, it does the trick, and after a few moments I buzz and twitch with artificial wakefulness. With one last look at the glittering cityscape, I step back into the concrete warehouse space, lined with folding tables and lit with dozens of monitors. If there's a religion for me in my noncommittal style of growing up, it's the LAN party. Tonight is practically Easter. If you're not familiar with the LAN party, or local area network party, here's a brief primer. Step one, get multiple PC gamers into one space with their computers. Step two, network the computers. Step three, Play games. It's a versatile construct, and the specifics can vary from party to party. Xboxes can substitute for computers. The number of participants can range from two individuals to 10,000. It can allow all ages or only legal adults. There are larger events with sponsors and tournaments and door prizes. There are smaller events consisting of a few kids around a kitchen counter. And the activities can vary as well. Favored games may include competitive first person shooters or strategy titles or can range as far as rhythm and fighting games set up in the corners for those who wish to play. Board games and card games are welcome at some, but frowned upon at others. In short, land parties can vary as widely as the social circles that hold them, even if the primary demographic consists of younger, white males. My experience with LAN gaming started at the age of 12, before I had an inkling of the greater culture. An awkward, scrawny 7th grader. My lunchtimes had been thrown from the tranquil classrooms of elementary school into the cacophonous hell of a junior high cafeteria. After my first day, sitting alone in what seemed to be a sea of bullies, the very thought of lunch made my preteen stomach quiver with unease. But I found an escape from the barbarism in the gifted and talented classroom. While my mornings were already spent in the class, my friends told me that at lunch, it was a hideaway for our kind— a crowded watering hole of nerds. Chess club kids sequestered themselves by the teacher's desk. Goth geeks used the central tables to play Magic the Gathering. But my friends occupied the periphery of the room, gunning for access to the computers. It wasn't an impressive array of machines, a few desktop Mac Performas, a brand-new Bondi Blue iMac that was the subject of many minor quarrels, and a single misplaced Gateway 2000, but it was enough— Individuals would play Escape Velocity. Pairs might sit at the same computer for a round of Pong Combat or Tron 1996, but it was the multiplayer games that were the major appeal of gaming in the GT room. Competitive titles like the tank strategy shooter Bolo, the side-scroller Abuse, the proto-first-person shooter 3D Maze, and the original Warcraft, Works vs. Humans. These were the games we could play together, across the room and across the school district. This may sound a bit archaic, especially in an era of always-online, drop-in, drop-out multiplayer. Network play today is as commonplace as split-screen used to be, its existence thoughtlessly presumed, its development occasionally tacked on, and its absence roundly mocked. And there were other popular network games at that time. Quake 2 leaps readily to mind. But being 12-14 to 14 year old kids, only using classroom computers, we were limited in budget and platform. Our options were Mac-compatible games, ones that were free or easily bootlegged on a stack of floppy disks. From that initial exposure, I went on to build my own computer with parental subsidy, and by high school I was gathering my friends together, crowding around dining room tables and spending sleepless nights playing Unreal Tournament, StarCraft, and Jedi Outcast. For me, an Alaskan kid used to lonely winter gaming and 3K per second internet, the land became a kind of sacrament a banishment of solitude and single-player existence. We swapped videos in the pre-YouTube era, traded in contraband brought from the few high-speed connections in town, played games, and made merry. As with all my obsessions, my psychosis for the land party ran deep. I started a play about them in iambic pentameter, no less. I filmed documentaries, the best of the two, a clumsy, very high school affair. Lands even went so far as to become somewhat sacrosanct to me. Even now, the exhaustion, the fraying of the mind, the slow sensation of rot brought on from being awake for 24 hours, is practically ritual. A loud, computerized, unkempt ritual. When I moved from Fairbanks, the land party scene dwindled in my wake. I wouldn't say that I was some kind of linchpin, But it simply fell from favor among my friends, and, as far as I can tell, the town at large. Arriving in Seattle, the friends that had moved with me started to grow up quite quickly, or so it seemed. Marriages, children, careers, a bounty of stuffy, adult-seeming things that I did not yet have nor want. I was forced to seek out the company of strangers if I wanted to continue my habit. It took a couple years of drought and a few errant trips to Marysville, but eventually I found a consistent land party group here in the Emerald City. Landing as an adult is a similar but distinctive experience from those in the 14 to 19 age range. Sleep is an inevitability, with everyone typically crashing out around 3 a.m. Alcohol tends to be served, at least with the group I met here. The games have changed, of course. Battlefield 3 and Team Fortress 2 are favorites at the moment. But the energy, the enthusiasm, the yelling, that's all the same. Most of it doesn't change with age, which I find reassuring. Still, I was curious what had changed with my friends that caused them to lose interest in such a complete and sudden manner. I sat down with my friend Brian, and he provided some explanations. Some of what he said I expected, that land parties had become far less common, that interest had waned after I departed. But he also offered a little insight on growing up and his recent fatherhood.
1: I did. I had, did have a child recently, which is obviously a big change in my life. But I had stopped landing a lot even before then. Although a part of that is also tied to you know increasing responsibilities. Like when we were in high school, you know, we could spend a whole weekend dedicated to <laughs> yeah. wasting our time. Not wasting our time, but, you know, just playing video games. Right. Why would we not? Right, exactly. We had no other obligations. Our time was, you know, ours to waste. Whereas now, even even if I was able to get, like, a babysitter, for example, for a whole weekend to go mm-hmm. to a LAN, which is really to do it properly, you got to commit. I would still fall asleep at 11 p.m. I, it kind of defeats the whole... I'm just not... I don't know what changed about me being able to stay up late, but I just cannot do it anymore. I think it was not having access to sleep. When You know, in college, when you have to stay up and you don't get enough sleep. Yeah. After that, I have just valued it way more (laughs) dearly.
0: This cleared up some of my questions, but it made me curious as to what people who still attend LAN parties might be motivated by. The perfect opportunity to find out was approaching Emerald City LAN. Seattle's premier and perhaps only large LAN, with the noted exception of Penny Arcade Expo's Bring Your Own Computer. But I decided to first cut my teeth with a control subject. My girlfriend Rebecca, who is only a sometimes gamer and definitely not a PC gamer. What has your experience uh, been with LAN parties?
2: Well, Artemis counts is a LAN party,
0: right? Yeah, Yeah, you can talk about that.
2: But you want me to talk about the time that I went on a date to You
0: don't have to, but it would be really funny.
2: Um, okay. When I was in high school, I went on a date that I with a boy that I really liked to a land party. And it was very weird and awkward. <laughs> I, just <laughs> I don't mostly to... just hung around and didn't know what to do with myself. Well,
0: what motivated you to, to
1: do that?
2: I really liked this boy for some reason. And he said, hey, do you want to come to a land party with me? And I was like, yeah, because I really liked that boy.
1: Because <laughs> he was asking you to a place.
2: Yeah, he was asking me to a place. And I didn't actually know what a land party was. I'm pretty sure. And <laughs> or I had some vague idea of what it was. But he wanted to go, you know, do a thing someplace that was not school. And That was so exciting. So I went to the land party.
0: Uh, what was your impression of it when you actually got there?
2: Well, I think it was kind of an atypical land party, actually, because it was it was at the community college, and so there was there were like gaming rooms, and there were also like there there was DDR set up in one of the. Rooms, oh, okay, yeah. So it, there was there was kind of some more things to do. I don't know. I just mostly felt out of place. Um, I felt like everybody was dressed in anime costumes, and I was not.
0: How long did you stay?
2: I think we stayed for like a
0: couple hours, and then he drove me home. But you still, uh, you still do land parties from time to time.
2: From time to time, mm-hmm. We play Artemis Bridge Command.
0: And that's, I think, a more satisfying experience than, uh,
2: than uh, my high school date experience. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, what's the appeal for you?
2: For me, I am not somebody who likes. Really likes video games as a solitary endeavor. They're fun from time to time, but I when I really like them is when they are combined with spending time with my friends. So I really like that about it. It's not a game that I would play by myself, but playing with a group of people, we all are yelling at each other and laughing and having fun, is why I like it.
0: Finally, it's Friday night. I pack up my gear, a suitcase with peripherals, clothes, toiletries, blankets, and place a carrying strap on my tower before I board a bus for downtown. There are a few odd glances as I make my way through the core of the city, people squinting to see if I am, in fact, carrying a desktop computer with me. But I don't care. I'm excited, thrilled, at the prospect of a weekend spent at a LAN party. Arriving feels a bit like being welcomed back into the fold, probably because that's precisely what it is. Lanners are not particularly tight-knit, but one runs into a lot of the same people. In this case, it's a lot of those people, plus my regular crew, the people I see on a monthly or bi-monthly basis. In the 1995 classic of bad cinema, Hackers, it said that you don't have an identity until you have a handle. At a land party, you don't really have any other identity. Among these men and women, I am known as Oz. My real name is never said or even mentioned. Through a series of greetings, made up mostly of yelling and swears, I make my way to my assigned seat and assemble my rig. A few rounds of battlefield, some secreted drinks of rum, and a delivery of pizza later, I decide to find a quiet spot to lay down. It's nearly four now, and the land has died down substantially, pretty normal for this time of night. Attendees have inflated mattresses, assembled cots, or made their way home or to a hotel to sleep. At least those who aren't maintaining the vigil, spending the entire night awake due to motivations I can no longer in my advanced age understand. Those purists provide the background of the room monitors lighting the dark concrete space as they offer occasional cries that punctuate the odd peacefulness of clicking keys and humming fans. I find, to my surprise, an abandoned segment of a couch relocated, perhaps, from a break room at the sponsoring entity. It's odd and wedge-shaped but soft and I compress myself to fit atop it. I cover myself with blankets and don a pair of headphones, piping in soothing ambient music to help me sleep the mere five hours before my shift at the front desk begins. Land sleep is, to me, extremely satisfying. It is craved with a desperate fervor when one is already ragged from substances and stresses all self inflicted. This batch doesn't disappoint. The couch proves quite comfy despite its required contortions, and I drift in and out of wakefulness, soothed by the sounds of quiet music and subdued merriment. real loud beeping in my ears summons me to consciousness and i stir heavily from my sleep my shift starts in a half hour and while the duties aren't too demanding i will be freeing someone else to get some rest i brush my teeth throw on some deodorant and forage a meager breakfast from the staff supplies a bulk packaged muffin and a can of the recovery energy drink variant the early dawn at a LAN is perhaps the calmest stretch. Even fewer are awake than the middle of the night, and most are sleeping or have not yet returned. I take my station at the front desk, watching the few holdouts droop at their battle stations. By 9.30, the organizer of the LAN arrives. His handle is Big Red, and it couldn't be more appropriate when you see him a mountain of a man, nearly seven foot tall, with blaring ginger hair. He, with his girlfriend Kekia, drag a pair of folding tables to the front of the hall by the stage, and cover them in an assortment of donuts, canned energy drinks, and fresh coffee, all provided by sponsors. Red grabs the microphone, and with a good morning on the PA, announces that breakfast is served. (laughs) Bleary-eyed lanners stir from their slumbers and stupors and wander up to feed.
1: (laughs) Turk, lay down, or you hurt yourself.
0: There's a natural wax and wane to the flow of land parties. Noise increases as games get going, dies down as rounds complete. Certain groups will switch to file-sharing and go quiet from time to time. At one point, I had to take about an hour's break, as my network connection was loaded to capacity, serving up copies of Whose Line Is It Anyway? and the MechWarrior 2 trilogy. While I wait, I sit down for a couple rounds of a card game, first with a friend, and then with some other attendees I don't know who wandered by and saw us playing. After the game, I move around the room and collect a few interviews, before it's time for one of the event's contests, Hard Drive Shuffleboard. Large-scale LAN parties tend to have prizes, and Emerald City LAN is no exception. Many of the attendees line up, hoping to slide a derelict hard drive with enough skill to win a new solid-state replacement. I position myself to decide and observe. Land parties can have all of these things. Prizes, contests, tournaments, games, and socialization. This variation is what keeps them fresh, entertaining. While moments ago I was asking people for their views and comments, and before that firing virtual guns at enemies surrounding me in the room, now I am an eager spectator of what might be the most intense round of shuffleboard I've ever seen. There's a beauty to that, no matter how misunderstood it may be by outsiders. Suffice it to say, those who claim land parties are not a social endeavor have clearly never been to one. They are, as well as many other things. Some 24 hours later, after helping to break down the event, I collect my things and catch a ride with one of my friends. Once I get back home, I review the content that I have collected. I really have to thank the interviewees here, Although I was unkempt and occasionally yelling at people between questions like a version of Dr. Jekyll that worked for NPR, they were very gracious and answered everything I had to ask. I can't say that I went into this looking to find something specific. While I was hoping to find that people shared my semi-religious views of the land, I wasn't expecting it. But what I did here managed to surprise me. I talked to all manner of people, from the old...
1: 45, I think.
0: To the young...
2: I'm, uh, 19 years old.
0: Long-time veterans...
2: Oh, jeez, that would have been... 92... 90... 90... Oh, 70.
0: man. And newcomers...
2: I went to the New Year's Eve land at Red's. That was your
0: first one? Yep. Cool. And even people with families.
1: Okay, yep, um, five, three kids. And three kids, yep.
0: I ask each of them what keeps them coming back to land parties in this era of constantly connected internet and online multiplayer. And while there were a variety of answers...
1: Landing for me, feels completely different than just playing games over the internet with random people I don't know. The social, because it's awesome to hang out with people who like games. Um, as well as some games you can't really play just by yourself.
2: It's fun to see other people trying new games and showing off new technology and stuff so you can see what other people are using and get a feel for what's out there in the market today. For me at least, this is basically a weekend-long party. I spend most of my time catching up with people that I have overseas because of work and stuff like that. It's kind of a forced way to make me sit and play video games, and I dedicate an entire weekend to it. I am so excited about just sitting and playing. I get to play games that normally I don't get time to play at home.
1: I get to hang out with people I don't get to hang out with a lot. This is what I do for fun. Now everyone's busy. We're all adults. This is like a dedicated weekend of goofing off.
0: There was one consistent answer that kept reappearing.
1: And it's way better to play in a room of people rather than over the internet where you can't, you know, yell at people. It's really for being able to yell at other people. It's it's always fun to see the reactions from other people, uh, you know, when when I when I shoot them in the head or anything like that. I like the ability to walk across the room and then smack somebody <laughs> and go, Stop it. Stop
2: it. It's fun to yell at people in the room and be like, Fuck you. You can only have so much catharsis from slamming on your keyboard angrily when someone someone gets you you know and just just lashing out at someone (laughs) right there
0: when it comes down to it the appeal is purely social in that it's a lot of fun to yell at your friends honestly i don't know why it didn't occur to me before but it makes perfect sense while I have this idea in my head of the land party being a ritual, I go because it's fun. I go because I want to yell at my friends. And so I do. So while part of me was disappointed to find this, the rest was elated. Because while I was busy wondering if anyone else felt quite the same way as I did, I was ignoring the fact that there is this vast community, and while they don't necessarily feel quite the same way, they are there for the same reasons I am. And after all, what is the main reason that we game if not to have fun? While well, listening to the recordings was satisfying, more than anything, it just made me eager for the next LAN party. Old habits, I suppose, do die hard. Memory Card is a production of SiliconSasquatch.com. Our editorial staff includes Doug Bonham, Nick Cummings, Aaron Thayer, and Tyler Martin show today was produced by Spencer Tordoff. That's me. Special thanks to Dark, Prox, Nia, Lord Moon, Hykon, Leto, Sniffit, Samich, Snickers, Big Red, Ashrida, Dia, AGB, and anyone else that I forgot. Shout out to the gentleman that I played around a commander with. Never did track you down again, but uh, thanks for that. If you enjoyed this, even a little bit, and have a story that you think would go well on Memory Card, please... Uh, drop us an email or drop me an email spencer at siliconsasquatch.com or talk to us on twitter uh, the handle for that is memory card underscore show don't forget to check out the website siliconsasquatch.com a lot of great stuff on there beyond just our show today thanks for listening